Welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 63 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. We're recording another COVID safe edition of the People's Podcast. And zooming in alongside me is the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. It's uh, lovely to see your face on a screen again. Likewise, my friend, likewise. Uh, fair to say, though, we are a wee bit jaded uh, on mm. Thursday morning after a gruelling week of West Australian racing. We've had meetings every day since Saturday. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a tough day at the office. Yesterday at Ascot, especially watching the podcast horse, New Had, finish down the track. But... Um, Together, we're going to bring some positive energy into mm. episode 63, Guru. Um, have you got a spring in your step or what? I reckon one thing you can – one thing I can say about um, yesterday at uh, at um, at Ascot yeah, is there wasn't a great deal of positivity coming from the punting pallets at uh, Guru HQ. There was a fair few tantrums being chucked yesterday, uh, a fair few things – Went flying around the room. No TVs off the balcony this time. <laughs> That's a story for another day, that one. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a difficult day yesterday. New had um, Luke's, I spoke to Luke last night and he sent out the report to all the owners today. She pulled up a bit sore from the run and um, we're tipping her straight out into the paddock. So she had been up for a long time. If you think that she'd been in work with Simon um, for a fair while before that as well. So uh, Luke's still very positive that we can get her back um, in a couple of months to Belmont. Uh, he thinks the softer tracks at Belmont, she's a quite a, she hits the ground quite hard, uh, Luke's of the opinion. Um, so we'll get her back to Belmont in a few months' time and uh, I'm sure there's plenty of wins in store for Newhad and all the the team involved with Newhad. Or well, the Newhadians. She wasn't um, missed yesterday either, was she? In no, no, she was not. 270 SP, I think, wasn't yeah. she? At, le- at least my other runner went well in that race. Hey? <laughs> well... I must say, we were we we did we did quip pre-race. Imagine if um, you you the the Italian job and you had dead heated for first, mm. and um, they almost dead heated for ninth. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good battle for ninth spot. Um, it's quite amazing as well because I, I can't believe pa- I can't prices. believe Pike, Pikey Pikey even nose just got us in a photo again this time he yeah. uh he got <laughs> italian jobs nose in front of new hats for night <laughs> oh my god i reckon that summed up my day well I, I i unashamedly hopped into secret plan in the first because i got the even money it traded a dollar 60 odd so i placed the same bet tomorrow um triple missile weapon weapon yeah. weapon weapon we got to respect that that was a uh, a super victory uh, very exciting times ahead for the harvey yard um, the ride was particularly uh, perfect from the pontiff. Oh, well, I bet, it, I'd, but Secret Plan had its back at the top of the straight and you would have been, I was still pretty happy with being on Secret Plan at that stage. It was just, Triple Missile is a weapon. Yeah, um, good horse. If, yeah. It's funny, if you actually, if you put the different silks on the two different horses, and we all saw the trial, don't don't get me wrong, but if you put the different silks on the different horses, the market probably is flipped upside down, rightly so. But um, no, very exciting stuff. But as I was saying, and then we hopped into the Italian job, backed it basically nines into 440 and... Uh, and uh, New Had, I was actually more keen the Italian job um, personally, and hopped into New Had as well, uh, which was I think close to four bucks into about two ninety three bucks, and every man and their dog was tipping New Had, and uh, you know what they say, BJ, the rest is uh, the rest is history. It was, just, it, was it was the start of a long old day. I was uh, when I got to race ten, I said thank fuck for that, it's mm. all done. So 
Anyway, we move on to 11 at Bunbury today. <laughs> 11 at Bunbury today. And I've got I, uh, one in the first. I, I don't like to do good days and bad days these days, Harry. I like to call my bad days learning days. Mm. And uh, I feel as though I'm having a hell of a lot of learning days to start mm. 2021. I'll give you the tip, my friend. Well, I've had a yeah, I've battled. I've actually had my best ever day on the punt in January, and um, I'm barely I'm barely in front for the year. So um, it tells you there's been a lot of learning curves um, throughout the other days. But look, this is a this isn't the most deep card on Saturday. But I must admit, I uh, I don't mind a couple. So let's be positive, as you said, and let's um yeah, let's get some good zen and some good energy into yeah, this week's good, podcast. Good juju, Bernard. good juju, juju. juju. So, mate, as far as uh, as far as racing news goes, we touched on a bit of the action midweek at Ascot yesterday. There was a bit of talent, especially in the younger brigade, earlier in the card. And um, before we move forward, there's eleven, as you said, Terry. There's eleven races Southwest Bunbury Turf Club this mm. afternoon, and uh, I think the Cerise and White's just got about seven favourites on the day. So there's a few horses that potentially could shape some of the uh, upcoming autumn carnival so it's going to be you know, uh, it's going to be good watching at Bunbury today even though it's going to be a long old day it's going to be uh, interesting to see how some of the the talent plays out and uh, and just see where they can uh, springboard to from there one thing I'm really looking forward to, and this will obviously go to air once the uh, after the meeting has been completed, if it is the battle between Pure Devotion, first up 45 days, and Lincoln's Law, yes. who could not have been any more impressive. Um, and I, I still believe Sprightly Star franked that form yesterday because I don't think that was Pikey's best landing in the breeze there. Um, I think that was just another summation of my day, ending up on Sprightly Star and from a good gate and Pikey ending up without cover and putting it to the leader pre-turn. But um, that's the race I'm looking forward to today. I reckon we might see a couple of sharp types doing battle there, BJ. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, is it is it testing love later in the day? That's the. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. No, I... uh, she's the she's the one who uh, who looks like she's got quite a bit of an X factor. So and she's going to want to be good to catch the leader there because yep. uh, Castillo del Lago gets out in front and rolls and te- and will have the fitness edge on testing love as well. So that's another cracking little match race. So um, might not be the best betting card today at Bunbury, but um, it's good from an interest point of view. Which and we're racing purists. Deep and did, hard, aren't we? Did we really need 11, though? But, no, but anyway. no, we didn't. No, I would, I would have been happy with zero. <laughs> yesterday. I've, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to actually have a pause in about 50 minutes, BJ, because um, then again, we might be finished in 50 minutes, but yep. uh, that's highly unlikely. Unlikely. Because um, I've got one in the first. Tell us more. Uh, no, there isn't much to tell that before. <laughs> he, can, he can barely walk, so we're hoping over a long journey he just can walk a little bit uh, quicker than the other ones. But uh, I actually no, didn't think his run was that bad the other day. So no, I, I, I give him a chance. I give him yeah. a minor chance today, yeah. but um, no, I, I'm going to want closer to 20 bucks. Hoping big money comes for Pikes and we can get uh, something crazy, but uh, no, not much good, I don't think. You never know. Okay. Speaking of Pikey, the Wizard, the Wizard of the West, he is once again heading to Melbourne after uh, taking all before him in uh, in some respects uh, during the spring carnival over there, four winners on Caulfield Guineas Day, a couple of group ones. He is uh, once again venturing east. Here we're teaming up with the likes of Arcadia Queen, Regal Power, Celebrity Queen, Perfect Jewel, and possibly... Western Empire, which we'll get to later on in our uh, Challenge Stakes Day preview. But uh, the Wizard flying out either tonight or tomorrow, Terry. He's going to quarantine and then he's going to be ready to go, ready to ride at Caulfield, I think, on Blue Diamond Stakes Day next uh, next Saturday. Yeah, no, very excited to see uh, the Wizard um, resume his battle with the Melbourne uh 
Melbourne hoops. Um, yeah. So it adds a little bit of an intrigue. And I think it's fair to say the way Chrissy Parnham's riding at the moment, um, Bob doesn't lose a huge amount over here. There's a few people who would even suggest Chris at the moment is probably in slightly better form than Mr. What, uh, with, Mr. Pike. What about Parnham yesterday, Chris, on those Real two passion. horses of Lulu Chiani's? Ah, uh, yep. Marachino and Hot Zed, like, gee mm. whiz, just strength, stick in the left. It was, uh, yeah, it was good stuff, wasn't it? Horses, are really, running for, horses yeah. are really running for him at the moment, aren't they? They certainly are. Now, he'll be taking the reins as the uh, number one hoop for the Cerise and White Brigade, minus Pikey, but Pikey was aboard Arcadia Queen and she was beastly in her lucky will trial win on Tuesday. Uh, while Regal Power, he stretched out beautifully in his 1450-metre heat on the same day. Both those uh, star gallopers are heading towards the Australian Cup and All-Star Mile. I think Arcadia Queen is either leading or second in the All-Star Mile votes, whereas I think Regal Power will be uh, trying to get a wild card into the field, which you imagine would be a formality con- considering he won the race last year. But it was good to see Regal Power back in action after uh, a couple of setbacks in the spring. And Arcadia Queen just looks poised to uh, absolutely dominate this autumn. I reckon she's almost an Australian Cup moral, Terry. Just putting it out there right now. Oh, so, yeah. dropping the M word. Yeah. Last yeah. last time I dropped the M word was Snipperucci and I broke <laughs> its leg. So I'm, um, just for the sake of the horse's welfare, I'm going to put that word away. Fair, fair enough. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot to look forward to, including... Uh, Cockney Crew, bit of a uh, blast from the past. He um, he was back in action at Lark Hill on Tuesday as well, Terry. He won Heat 14. Peter Hall back in the saddle, moved moved uh, moved perfectly. He'll be heading towards the Pinjar and Bunbury Cups for friend of the podcast, Kieran McDonough. Yes, no, very excited. I, I flicked Kieran a message after that. Um, I know... I know Lonsdale Lady means a lot to Kieran, but um, yeah, I know that Cockney Crew is definitely his pride and joy in that stable, and he's been extremely patient with getting him back. And um, I think the good thing with Cockney Crew coming back, as as Kieran detailed in an interview with with Giulio Santarelli, is that um, the horse hasn't had any major setbacks. It's just been a lot of poorly timed minor setbacks. So um, yeah, I know I know he's got a very big opinion of Cockney Crew, and uh, I think the Country Cups might just be. Um, just be a starting point for where he wants and where he thinks he can make it to. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be good Pinjarra Bummy Crops actually. We saw Montalina return last last Saturday. She was an eye catcher, so it could be some real up and comers um, going through those Southwest and uh, Peel region cups in the coming weeks and months so things are also heating up big time in melbourne and wa racing is very well represented at flemington on saturday terry perth cup winner nerf bosk mm-hmm. dom to shoot who was a place getter in the wa guineas and the kingston town classic and the talented open class winter labor rod they're all competing um flemington but most eyes, they will be on, of course, superstar sprinters Elite Street and Fabergino. They'll be lining up in the Group 1 $750,000 Black Caviar Lightning down the straight 1000 That promises to be something to behold. Small but select lineup to face the starters in the Black Caviar Lightning. Yep, that's uh, fairly, um, yeah, exciting stuff, isn't it? Uh, Elite Street continues to step up to... Uh the next level every time he goes to the track. So uh, wouldn't be discounting him. And I reckon WA will be firmly behind Danny Morton and another one of his uh, travelling superstars. Yeah, and uh, I think Fabergino, I think she might be unbeaten down the Flemington Straight 1000, tackling the lights of Nature Strip Bivouac, who is uh, 
bloody good horse himself. Um, September run, it's it's quite a quite a field. So uh, we'll see what um, Elite Street and Fabergino see what they're made of in the uh, in the big weight for age group one at Flemington on Saturday. So lastly, Terry, uh, in our racing news segment, um, while there wasn't any crowd on course. And through a, uh, a COVID crisis and devastating bushfires last week, remarkably, Magic Moon's race day still went ahead at Pinjarra last Saturday. And the big winners, of course, being Export Man in the two-year-old classic and Gemma's son in the three-year-old trophy. Export Man, it was the fourth Magic Moon's two-year-old classic for top jock Sean McGruddy teaming up with his old mate. Steve Wolf from Albany, they got the job done, knocking off the uh, fellow Albany trained, Roy Rogers trained actually, uh, second place get a Heavenly Waters there, and Gemma's son, he was just dominant in the three-odd trophy for David Harrison and Paul Harvey, and becomes the first horse to win the Magic Moons two-year-old classic and the th- Magic Moons three-year-old trophy, Terry. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was an interesting one because uh, the stick came out pretty early on Export Man. If you watch the replay again, and I thought he might be under a bit of sufferance, but um, no, it was a fairly uh, impressive win. Uh, in in saying that, it was set up for horses. I think off speed, the way the race was run, Michelada found the top with Snipperucci, um, hit his leg out the barrier. Bj. It was actually very the same type of thing happened to Dig Deep, actually. Um, very serious up. injury, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. So uh, disappointing news for connections to Snipperucci because I think he would have been a, a major player. Uh, she, she would have been a major player. Sorry, uh, heading towards the um, the Caracatta as well. So hopefully, um, hopefully they can um, get her nice and fit and healthy again. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Export Man. Um, yeah, he'll be, he's your nominal favourite for the, the Karakata now and will probably be even more suited. A bit like watching me dance, getting up to a size and then looking at the three-year-old season and other guineas. And, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting times for the uh, for your for your mate down there, BJ. Yeah, he's pretty good, old Wolf, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. pretty good at finding these young horses, especially affordable horses. Um, I think it's, well, it's fitting that him and David Harrison won the features at Ascot on Saturday, I don't think there's too many stables, uh, Wolf and Harrison, who operate as well between, say, the twenty and fifty, twenty and sixty thousand dollar yearling bracket. Um, pick, are able to pick the eyes out of the uh, out of the local catalogue and um, do really well with quite affordable horses to um, the Wolfman and Harrow, and that was on display on. Sad day, I think. Um, Export man, what was he? A forty thousand dollar yearling. Gemma's son was only a ten thousand dollar yearling, and both of them are, um, are terrific money spinners in their own right. But but yeah, he's he's pretty pretty bullish. Uh, old uh, SJW and Export man is um, just another another exciting two year old that he's managed to produce after. Um, I guess watch me dance and red can man and Lord help me run in in recent times. So he's um yeah he's having a he's having a good run into the his seventy second year on this earth. Terry, seventy two doesn't look a day over forty, does he? Stephen, <laughs> especially with those new teeth, he looks very flash, mm, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. The new couple of new child never know. Yeah, the new chompers. There you yeah, go. It, yeah, it's uh yeah very. Yeah, he's got the pearly whites. He's got that Col- Colgate smile at the moment. Does uh, Steve Wolf, and um, he deservedly so. So I've got a, a funny story before we uh, before we oh, move we any go. further. Um, what about be optimistic? Are we gonna? Yeah, we'll chat on that. Just one say on the export man before we move on for export man. Steve drove back from uh, uh, from to Albany, I think um, Sunday morning, and uh, one of the owners of export man who will remain nameless was still at 
Steve's property. Steve has a bit of a pub on his property where all the owners gathered to watch the, the race day in his absence. And one of the owners of Export Man, uh, by the time Steve got home the next day, had a, a can of Export in his hand and uh, in one hand and uh, a jar full of, a glass jar full of red wine in the other hand. So it's fair to say that uh, that they, the boys celebrated uh, long and hard Export Man's Magic Moons two-year-old trophy winner. So, um, yeah, well-named, I think. Yeah, very well-named. The, uh, the lads don't mind a frothy, clearly. <laughs> And they clearly don't mind a feed and a flutter as well, VJ. <laughs> now, be optimistic, which is which is probably the mm. theme of our podcast today. Yeah. Um, and uh, what a run, Terry! For yep. those of you who, who aren't aware, Terry is a part owner of Be Optimistic, who who uh, was brave as in the mm. Magic Moons Tour Classic, finishing third behind Export Man and Heavenly Waters. What a performance! Tell you what, though, I will give credit here to, well, obviously, all the credit should go to Luke Fernie, the trainer, but um, he he was really, really bullish. And don't get me wrong, Luke's, um, Luke's bullish quite often, but uh, he was markedly bullish. He was just obviously bullish about this horse. And I heard Scotty uh, Embry uh, pre-race doing his little horse-by-horse uh, -horse preview, as he does on non-Sky Active from the yard, and... Um, he uh, yeah he made a mention about how Luke was very bullish uh, on her chances too, but um, yeah Luke told us pre-race he wouldn't swap her for any other horse uh, in the race, despite the fact we were over hundred to one obviously. And um, look, I, I don't know a few people have disagreed with me, but I, I think we were the best run of the race to be honest with you. Um, did the work, got to the breeze, got the pressure from Snipper Gem three wide, Michelada folded, Snipper Gem folded. No horses on speed really um, that race that cover gave anything whatsoever. Um, Jade was swinging off her on the bend, and she gave a, a super kick. I thought, um, considering the run she had, and that we couldn't possibly win from that position. But I thought she was the run of the race, and yeah, we're tipping her out now. We'll probably. Look at a second up assault on the Karakata plate and tell you what, if we can chuck a second one together, I might start talking about it, the fact that it's a fairly easy race to win. <laughs> well, yeah, you should be should be excited. That was um, that was a cracking display, second up at any old price. Were you on for the place? No, I wasn't, BJ. No, no. I, don't, I had that much on Snipperucci that... Um, I could only really, uh, I could only have a small amount on um, on Be Optimistic, and uh, uh, that's uh, yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I was happy nonetheless. I wasn't all that happy that Snipperucci did didn't go all that well, but uh, I was I was happy nonetheless and very excited about what's to come. And um, yeah, hopefully we can um, have a uh, a major player on uh, Karakata Day early April. Looking good for you, mate. Yeah, of course. And Gemma Sun, he was just completely dominant for the Pont. And Harrow in the in the three old trophy, raced on speed, gave nothing else a uh, a look in, and um and really uh, cashed in on what looked to be his race, didn't it? So I will we'll say Roy yeah. Rogers continues to uh, have the shoot Boy. the lights out this season. He finished second in both features, and um he's uh, got a couple of runners that we'll no doubt be talking about in the Cyril Flower Stakes Day preview, which we're about to start. Time to partner with Betfair and preview Cyril Flower Stakes Day. We're recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast. It's 11.25 on Thursday, the 11th of February. We have an outrageous, outrageous 11 race card descending on us at uh, Bunbury this afternoon. Ascot and Esperance are both in action on Saturday. And the weekend finishes off in the Great Southern with Albany on Sunday. Terry, we have the Ladies Bracelet Race Day. So, um, yeah, there's uh, that's a bit of Great Southern turf action to wrap up uh, what has been a massive week of racing in Western Australia. 
Certainly has been. And make sure you stay tuned throughout the show uh, for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions, DJ. That's right. A bit of housekeeping, Terry. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up, my in-depth written preview, uh, jump onto bestbets.com.au or the Ausrace website. The leg up's been out since 7am this morning. While two of the best, Terry Layton, Daniel Cripps, team up. They combine forces for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. Also, the 1-1 is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And also, BJ, um, yes, don't Terry. forget, don't forget, it's now week three of our Rising Star punting series featuring uh, Dot Morgan, Latham Anderson, and Tommy Johnston. Yet to get off the mark, the lads. Three, but in, in, in their defence, it's, it's been a... They've got two tough cards to kick things off. They on, certainly they? have. They certainly have, but the lads haven't been deterred. All three have got their investments in for this week. Um, I agree with a couple, disagree with a few, but um, they're all... <laughs> it's a bit of a varied lot this week, which I quite like, but uh, as we go through the card and when we get to a race they've got a bet in, I will mention the bet. Um, but good luck to the, to the three lads, and we'll have Tommy and Latham on um, in the next... Four weeks, BJ. We'll have to squeeze them both in the next four weeks. Tommy Johnson was Johnston was a bit stiff last week. He copped the scratching of servicemen in the uh, Magic Moons, and he was adamant post race oh. on Twitter that uh, servicemen would have won. Would have licked him, he reckons. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure about that, Tommy, but uh, he reckons would have licked him. It comes out next start, wins by three, and then he can probably uh, carry on a bit more passionately about that. But uh, no, Tommy's still been in good nick, even though uh, happy to throw him out on Twitter, and he hasn't tipped a winner for a week and a half but they're all starting half the price so in my mind that means you're uh, you're winning and you will continue to win long term so punting uh, he's well. flying punting, punting well, well. exactly <laughs> i like to say he's, he's punting well he's just not getting the results of the minute so um yeah the, i'm sure there's a couple of winners in there for the lads this week very good okay let's get cracking on the cyril flower on. stakes challenge stakes race day the rail is out in the two-meter position. We had a heap of rain, Terry, a mm. heap of rain. Um, what do we have? We had 34 mils over the last week, but uh, things have fined up over the last few days. That um, Ascot, that Narragin at Ascot on Sunday was a sight to behold. <laughs> yeah, it rail was. out, cut away, horses coming down the uh, outside rail. It was uh it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, incredible stuff. So, but we don't have to worry about that this Saturday, Terry, because it's fined up. The uh, the sun is out. We've got a hot day coming up on on uh, on Saturday, and we're back to good fast track racing um, this weekend. Yeah, we haven't got to this lane for about five or six weeks now. Five, 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 five weeks now. Um, best part of five weeks. So, should be a nice uh, a nice fresh pad. I can't see the inside playing poorly. Uh, just allow for a, a nice fair track earlier in the day. It's hard to make ground as always, but um, I am a little bit wary with the fact it is a really nice fresh pad that it might play uh, might play hot lane uh, fence, but that's just a, a thought process. And we'll uh, move and switch and adjust as the day progresses, BJ. Alrighty, let's uh, let's move on into straight to race number three. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, what's this? What's going? Thirty thousand dollars. This is worth. Well, we've got. I reckon. We've got I reckon two... I can chuck Spotty out there. Yeah, I reckon yeah. Spotty could run a race here. 
Yeah. That's, the go- that's the golden retriever that usually tries to hunt BJ's leg when he comes around for a <laughs> non-COVID safe podcast. Um, yeah, I reckon Spotty wouldn't be, um, yeah, wouldn't be impossible here. Probably lands in the one-one, and yeah, he'd, he'd chase hard. I reckon. What's going on here? Like, yeah, this is thin. This is um, these maidens are um, they're just baffling. We've got a uh, we've got a West Speed Platinum maiden over fifteen hundred meters with eight runners. To um to kick off the day, followed by a race two, which is a thousand meter maiden. We had a thousand meter maiden at Pinjarra last week. We've got another one, mm. eleven horse, and these are these are yeah, like they're not even um nah. they're not even like Bunbury standard really, to nah. be honest. But um and here we are on, featuring them on on a sad day. I'd I'd love to see a bit of a, a rejig um moving forward with these. I think we can we can create a more dynamic uh. Uh, race day programming for our sad days and try to make them a real event when you're kicking off these these nine race cards with with two maidens that's a huge chunk of the race day that is just just flat so we need I think, to I think you need to spice the, things up the technical term is dog shit i think you'll find <laughs> um, but, uh, the way i'm respecting these two races is i'm actually getting the late i'm staying at rotnest on uh, friday friday night i'm getting the late fairy back so i won't actually I'm going to have a few froffies with the lads on uh, Saturday afternoon. I won't make it to the pub until race three, and I'm doing that on purpose. It's my little my little protest. way of saying, yeah, my little protest. In, in saying that, I've managed to find a bet in the first two. But, uh, <laughs> I, so hang on, before we – this is probably barely. more interesting to talk about. So you're going to Rotnest on – is this a lad's trip? No, 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 just just going across to – with the. Or is this, a, is this to, a Valentine's Day trip? Go early. Ah, look, you know. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a Valentine's Day trip. It's just a just a little sojourn. Yeah, across to the uh, to the the Isle of the Quokka. <laughs> yeah, and, um, we need a we need a quokka selfie with your one one hat on. I think, Terry. Well, I, I'll give I'll give it a go. Hey. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not big on the quokka selfies to be honest with you. But uh, look, if I can, maybe I can get a quokka in the one one hat. What do you reckon? Yeah, when in, when in Rottnest, do as the Rottnest folk do. Exactly I would say. right. Terry? Anyway, BJ, race one, Tab Touch, West Speed Platinum Maiden over the 1500 metres. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a huge amount to say here. Um, <laughs> I, Belafonte boy has probably shown the best, uh, has the best career runs, and I think he's a, a bloke that'll do his best over 14, 1600. So I marked him. A $3.60 favourite. I marked a midnight hour, wrong part of the track last start. Thought it was really good, the prior effort. Again, on the wrong part of the track at Pinjara. Marked midnight hour just behind. Belafonte boy, um, spirit of prophecy, goes forward, gives cheek. Um, yeah, but... Double engage as well, spirit of prophecy. It's also uh, acceptor oh, at Ascot on Sunday as well. Uh, Albany. Albany. Oh, sorry, Albany. Albany. Uh, my mistake. Uh, Albany you've, yeah. you've got to think Shanksy comes up for this, surely. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got, yeah, she's got a live hope in a race of this nature. They've got to send someone up, I'd suggest. Um, but yeah, so that's the way I've got it. Uh, current prices mean I can probably have a Dutch Belafonte midnight hour, but that's real desperation stuff, BJ. Yeah, midnight hour for me, just Mitchell Pateman handed up um, the lead last start. And then it's basically as soon as he got crossed, the leader sort of just jammed him up. Uh, dropped anchor was sort of got in, got cluttered up from there was always in a bit of strife I reckon I'm thinking midnight hour should have finished a length length and a half two lengths closer uh, he won't make the same mistake again I reckon he'll kick out midnight hour try to hold the lead and uh, and if Have he the does speed to hold out spirit of prophecy I uh, yeah if if he wants to, otherwise he can he can follow Spirit of Prophecy or pop off mm. outside it. Um, regardless, Mitchell not many better. Mitchell Pateman either leading or outside leader. That's his. That's really his wheelhouse. 
I think this is the race for Midnight Hour. I've, uh, in the leg up, I went Midnight Hour, Molly McGee, second pick, Belafonte, boy, third, Spirit of Prophecy, fourth. But um, but yeah, I um, Midnight Hour is a bit of value compared to what I marked him out. I think I was $4 Midnight Hour. He's 480 yep. currently. So that's, uh, that's the way I'll be going in the first. But um, I'll just be watching. Yeah, no, I can uh, I concur. Midnight Hour, a little bit of value on my market as well. And oh, Belafonte boy barely is at the moment, but uh, yeah. Good luck if you're having a play. And good luck to Connections. I mean, if you if, if we had a horse in it and it won, yeah. that's great. But from uh, from WA racing enthusiasts and passionate people like we are, Terry, I think we can we can do better. And uh, I think it's time to have a good look, a good hard look at our Saturday programming and try to make it as elite as possible. Uh, Millie Park Maiden race two over the thousand meters. Um, Jono, this looks Jono. a uh, this looks a really good race. First up for Jono, Chris and Neville Parnham. Uh, he's short enough, um, but he, there was probably a little bit of meat on the bone when he opened up on the local exchange uh, local operator this morning. But it uh, does look a good race for Jono. First up over a thousand, Terry. Yeah, this is going to be a tough uh, card to talk about because Brad had the week off, dartboard repairs apparently. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a tough card to talk about because I only really enjoy picking on Brad and his early quotes. But um, so did Brad all... have the week off because of the Super Bowl? Nah. Is that he, hey? Is oh, that what? Yeah, I, I don't think, think he wasn't playing. I don't think. No, well, he's, I think he's a big NFL enthusiast, and uh, oh, it's right. like be like his uh, his Melbourne Cup week. You know, I think Super Bowls his go. Oh, right. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. In that did sense, you watch but, it? Uh, no, no. I Tom Brady won, apparently. Tom Brady did. The yeah. goat. Yeah. The goat. The goat. Yeah, there you go. No, I uh, I didn't watch it. I, I usually make an effort to watch it, but um, no, there was a lot of WA racing happening this week. So I was, I was doing form for about 6 a.m. on Monday. So uh, yeah, I, I wish I wasn't, but that's, that's, that's where we're at. Anyway, BJ, difficult. Difficult. Uh, what am I saying? What, what are we talking about? Oh, John. John. Jono should be winning. As you said, there was some meat when it went up at 350 this morning. That was a pretty easy little investment. But um, oh, the, the concern with Jono is 1,000 metres, obviously. But the recent yep. trial was um, was super, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely under a hold, sitting deep for Chrissy Parnham. Cruise to the line. I think there's enough pressure in this with Miss Brighton. It's Tiff's um, and first starter. He's on fire. Five-year-old first starter with the um, with the dreaded on, with the dreaded bar plates, bar plates on. Um yeah, there's just there's enough pressure on here that something should be able to get past him. And uh, Jono puts in basically if Jono puts in his worst run that he's put in his career, he still probably wins the race type thing. So I reckon there'll be people that are marking this in the ones like yeah. one point somethings. To be yeah. honest, uh, I didn't put a huge amount of time and effort into this race. I knew if I saw three dollars, I'd I'd be hopping in. But um, yeah, it's there's only one horse to back here. Very simply, BJ Jono, and yeah, I'm fairly confident he, he should be winning. But um, yeah, don't want to get too over the top. Yeah, Jono for me as well. Uh, 1,000 metres is the obvious query is what Terry said, but he always looks like a horse who's going to get better in, uh, into his into uh, his four-year-old season is Jono and the, all the form around him from last preparation reads really well for a race of this nature. I mean, it's Tiff's 11-start made and almost – that was a race, I think, last Saturday, yeah, the 1,000-metre Pinjarra race and uh, couldn't quite get it done. Uh, Promission, that was a good result for um, Michael Grantham, actually, first mm. up for Grantham. And as you said, he's on fire. Five-year-old first start, $100,000 yielding, but he's a five-year-old having his, uh, his first look at it with bar plates on. So it's got to be a massive query there. So it does look set up 
Um, very nicely for a first up victory for Jono. You just look at the market in order and you got the five-year-old. Look, just after Jono, 260 at the moment. you got he's on fire, four bucks. Debut, unlikely to hold out. It's Tiff's Miss Brighton, who both go very quick. I mean, you got got Tiff's four bucks. And as you said, that was... That was its race last week. You would have thought if it was going to win one. Um, I like Kira going back on, but Kira might not be able to cross the stable mate in Miss Brighton, who can go pretty quickly from barrier nine. Yeah, and then the rest of them look really, really thin. Like there's nothing yeah. in this race. As I, I just, yeah, I'd be very surprised um, if Jono doesn't trade uh, in the ones here. To be honest, so yeah, I, I guess there's some there's some value in that. It's almost the a uh, process of elimination. It's like oh, it a hundred percent is. Yeah. I, sometimes you just love to do that as well. You can just go through and go. Well, hang on, there is nothing here that can be supported. Mm. Um, like there's there's not going to be money for any of the outsiders. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, the more and more you, you look and think about it, you can you can probably take the price now if you're this type of punter and then trade off on the exchange late and a little bit of a back and lay type methodology and just play the profit. But um, yeah, Jono should be uh, pretty hard to beat, I suspect. BJ, Jono should just uh, should just be getting the job done. Race three, uh, we've got a tab touch better your plate, eleven hundred meter contest for the two year olds. You know uh, the Karakata Plate is just around the corner when you've got a 14 plus two two-year-old event uh, on a Saturday. Obviously, people want to get their horses up and running, see what they can do, see whether they can push on to the feature juvenile events coming up. And this is a good one, Terry. It is, yeah. Mm. I'll I'll let you sort of lead the charge here but uh, a lot of first starters a lot of uh, a lot of trial winners as well if they didn't win the yes. trials they were very impressive uh in finishing near them but um you're the you're the man with the uh the eye for the for the two-year-old so tell me uh yeah tell me tell me who to watch what are we looking at here bj well fresh off a get out stakes victory marty oh, allen yeah how about <laughs> that is there some type of rule that trainers did he have a runner no he wouldn't have had a i don't think he did no, no. No, it's casually throws out um, Harry Thomas. Harry, Harry Thomas, geez, the money came as well. Must have been his move. I, th- I thought it had Guru written all over it. That they that knew little it, didn't that, they? those little oh, flux. I, yeah, no, they they knew it, didn't they? Gee whiz. Yeah. Uh, so fresh off a uh, yeah a get out stakes victory, he's got a he's got a uh, spring in his step. Does Marty Allen, and um, he deserves to because he looks like he's got a quite a smart colt here, Star mm-hmm. Soprano. Snippet Sun uh, from the Bellas Racing operation. It uh, was pretty slick in a 400-metre trial win on the 18th of Jen and showed that it's got a bit more depth than uh, just a 400-metre dash up. Like it, um, It's gone around in a 1,000-metre Belmont heat on the 5th of Feb and just whacked them. Jade McNaught bounced straight to the front. Railed, beat La Galaxia by 4.3 lengths, and I think uh, Lindrum Walter was another couple of lengths further back in third. Pretty fast time. Um, Trial formats yeah. up as well with La Galaxia um, winning uh, her previous trial over Featherweight as well, so you can actually sort of do a line through. Uh, he's a sizzler. Yes, yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. So you, you, I can, yeah. There's and Jade's uh, Jade's um, kept the ride gate four. Just looks like a jump and run type situation mm-hmm. for Star Soprano, and you imagine if he brings that that trial form to race stage, he's going to take some catching out in front. Um, got speed. Um, Marty Allen does really well with these types of horses as well, and um, yeah, just looks like a, a real real runner to Star Soprano. But it mm-hmm. doesn't end there, and I can understand why that particular horse has come up 
Where are we? Two seventy five. Looks thin to me for a debutante in a deep yep. race. I was three fifty star soprano, mm-hmm. but on top, on top. Um, so the other trial winners that you, that lots of people will be making a strong case for, beginning with he's a sizzler, Dan Morton, Chris Parnham. I thought his first trial was really good after he bungled the start, but he began better uh, on the fifth of Feb and uh, trailed the leader. Got off featherweights back and pegged it back late to win his heat narrowly. From gate three, he's going to get a lovely run for Chris Parnham and Dan Morton. Good combination. That he's a sizzler. He's got to be a uh, a, um, a factor in this race as well, especially from a map point of view. Then you have Secret Lair. Did you catch the trial winner, Secret Lair, Terry? I did. Pretty smart, wasn't it? It was pretty smart. It certainly was. Uh, pretty soft. Fifty-eight twenty-two for the nine fifty. It was pretty soft. I. Just a bit wary from barrier 11. Um, Pike to Joey. Yeah, and where he ends up from 11 as well with a bit of speed drawn underneath him from a few first starters. So just always a worry. A lot of these are educated to, to race in a certain manner. So, yeah, where, where have you got secret lair in your map? Or do you try not to map the two-year-olds too much because it's a bit oh, of a lottery? Couldn't, couldn't map secret lair, no. to be honest. I... I had Star Soprano leading Kelly's Lassie, who um, I thought was quite good on debut at Bunbury. Showed a bit of gate speed and boxed on after having a bit of a torrid one, torrid run, three wide outside leaders. Uh, Kelly's Lassie, outside leader, coming across Walter Lindrum and he's a sizzler sort of next pair. Um, I imagine there's probably going to be a three wide line as well. But yeah, um, definitely. You have, you have to talk about he's a sizzler. You have to talk about secret lair uh, in, a, in a way. Um, Kelly's Lassie, there will be people who will be looking at the horse you mentioned earlier, La Galaxia. But again, it looks another hard horse to map from 13. It's probably going to get back and run on. The very interesting runner from my point of view is what is Hemi Singh going to produce fresh? Mm. So uh, very well regarded by the stable. To be fair, like he was he was uh, rated above clearly Export Man early doors, but Export Man has um, has just been one of those babies who just gets better basically every day, oh. every day. Every There's day a push ter- for you. Every day he turns up to work, Export Man just gets better. Hemi Singh... Um, uh, won a trial back in October, came to the races, and he probably should have won on debut, to be honest. Uh, Shawnee McGrady zigged when he should have zagged on that occasion, and and uh, Six Carat was just a bit more professional and had the uninterrupted run and got the job done. Uh, Peter Hall gave him, he's seeing a really strong work workout in an Albany trial on the 28th of Jan. He ran third, Export Man ran second. Export Man was the better trial, but he then came out, of course, and won the... Uh, one of the Magic Moons classic last Saturday. I reckon Hear Me Sing is probably the biggest threat to Star Soprano. I had um, Star Soprano on top 350. Hear Me Sing second pick $5, Terry. So um, what's the market saying? Hear Me Sing at the moment is open eight, opens eight. 750 available, is there? That's your bet, yeah. 758 yeah. bucks. That's your uh, that's your bet then, isn't it? That's my bet, yeah. So, um, yeah, as I said, Star Soprano ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, comes up a bit thin for me, considering I had him 350 on top and have a lot of respect for him. He sing from the uh, Steve Wolf S. McGrady combination and um, smart horse, full brother to Watch Me Dance. Oh, there you go. It's, uh, yeah, an exciting time for the, uh, the Wolf Yard heading into the, the, the big two-year-old races, isn't it? The, um, yeah. They might have a couple of... Uh, 
very strong fancies for the Karakata. Um, I'm not going to get overly involved here, BJ. One I do want to discuss, and one um, currently only nine bucks. If we can creep out to a bigger price late, which I think uh, you might see, I'm interested in maybe having something on Kelly's Lassie. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like a, a bit of race experience, and Kelly's Lassie was a super trial when taking a sit. So I'm looking at this map a little bit differently, and I'm thinking with Clint Johnson and Porter going back on that they'll take a sit on Kelly's Lassie. And she was a super trial winner, beating B Optimistic. It was probably a slightly superior trial to be optimistic, who's obviously made that form look pretty good in the Magic Millions. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking for Kelly's Lassie with the race experience. First up, as you said, first debut run was really nice. Sat three deep outside the speed. You're not going to win as a two-year-old from that position. Hoi Ann, um, I think, is a pretty smart type coming out of that race. Pushed uh, Snipper Rucci, the previous export start. Man, yep. An export man, exactly right. Heavenly Waters, I think, was a, about six lengths away in third, uh, fourth. So... Yep. Um, yeah, the, I think the form from that two-year-old maiden, even though it's only a uh, seven-horse field, actually will end up stacking up. So Kelly's Lassie, if we can get out to a nice quote in the teens, I'll be having something on each way, BJ. But um, looks a cracking race heading towards the uh, Karakata Plate. It does, it does. And just just before we move on, Lindrum Walter is a full brother to Dom to Shoot. So, mm. um, not sorry, Dom to Shoot, Charlton Eddie, rather, who will be, um, who'll be racing later in the day. And BJ, I've actually forgotten to read out one of our lads' bets in the first, and we have one in the second as well. So in race one, Latham Anderson has got 20 wins on Spirit of Prophecy. Thinks that uh, the Rebecca Shanks visitor will go straight to the top and run him into the ground. Um, And then his main bet for the day, again with Latham in race three. Um, He's with you, BJ. 60 wins on Star Soprano. I think he's of the impression that uh, there might be a couple early that jump to the top and just run them into the ground. So 20 wins for Latham, Spirit of Prophecy, race one. 60 wins for Latham, race three, Star Soprano. PJ. Very good. I wonder, I think Star Soprano would be maybe a touch shorter if um, it was a 1,000-meter race as well. Mm -hmm. The 1,100, it's funny how much that 100 meters difference it doesn't seem like a lot but sometimes it, in a two-year-old race it, it's everything so with race day pressure as well it's, yeah um, yeah, it's, yeah it's as you said it's everything so yeah i think i made a mistake earlier it's well lindrum walter is a full brother to charlton eddie not dom to shoot charlton okay. eddie so charlton eddie is of course racing in the get out stakes later in the program mm. all right bj race number four to another event which doesn't uh Oh, for me, doesn't really get me overly excited, to be honest. Uh, over the 1,600 metres, 72 plus. I think most people will be putting lines through the big show, already famous, and plead the fifth. So it probably leaves us with the five runners. Who did you have going forward here, BJ? Living the dream. Uh, the big show, obviously, would like to race prominently. It's whether he's got the speed first up with the 61 on his back to lead him up. Do they go forward with Phone Me from the wide gate? It's probably either a first or last type setup there for Phone yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the fact that I, I couldn't map the race soundly. I couldn't. It just it wasn't a race I, I felt any type of enthusiasm about. I thought Phone Me got a 10 out of 10 from Chrissy Parnham last start. Red Publisher loses Willie Pike, but with a nice map, which it might not get from Barrier 1. Um, has to be super hard to beat with the Pontiff going on. There was nothing between the two of them last start. Giraffe was super, but loses the claim of Lactar. So that's three extra kilos that um, he's got to carry. And then Living the Dream was obviously super winning down in Mount Barker and Canvas can run big races fresh, but um, 
Yeah, I think the market now, 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 there was some 556 bucks Red Publisher earlier, which probably was a little bit over the true price, but um, the market looks pretty accurate to me now, BJ. Have you got any outliers for me? Just remind me, we need to talk about Lactar on the show as well mm. um, later, because I'm pretty sure he's down to two kilos. So I don't know where, so I'm assuming that he still claims three because he was booked as a three kilo claimer, but I'll, I'll clarify that later in the show. And agree that is a, that is a significant um, significant weight turnaround for giraffe because some of these horses are quite even. So any little edge you can get is um, is important at this level. For me, uh, in regards to your first question, Terry, lead. I think the big show can lead if he wants. Um, Mitchell Payton, he led them up in a 9.50 trial at Lark Hill the other day. He can lead if he wants to lead, whether he does or not first up off a 160-day break is is another question. I thought Phone Me, like who's probably not really, really a leader, but he went so well leading over 1,400 in that last of the line race two starts ago that if C- Chrissy Parnham wanted to, he could almost amble forward and lead, dictate, and kick from there. Yeah. Um, the early battle is going to be fascinating. As I said, I think Big Show can lead if he wants to. Phone me. Do they go forward? Do they go back? Um, Gut tells and, me they go forward. Yeah, I, I would have thought so too. Um, I think, and, I think, and I tipped Red Publisher in, in my leg up. I'm just a little bit concerned about the tempo and gate one and whether he's going to be able to, to roll into the race with 58.5 kgs or whether he's going to be held up looking for runs. So mm-hmm. the... Race shape, tempo, it's going to be everything in this eight-horse field. Yes, it certainly will be. Um, yeah, gut tells me phone me wins the race, but the 310 is not uh, is not going to get me, unfortunately. And it, I don't think he's... Uh I don't think he's a horse that's going to get much better than that price-wise either. I can't see a huge amount of money coming for Red Publisher. Living the Dreams, big win was down in Albany. And then Canvas and Giraffe, as I said, that they're probably looking about on their marks at the moment price-wise. So um, I'd say the market will probably hold its shape as to what it has at the moment. And there's just simply not a bet there for me, BJ. But uh, simply for the sake of a tip, phone me. I think they can be aggressive. And as you said, I think it'll be um, pretty hard to get past from there. I basically marked them the, the same. Phone me and Red Publisher. I marked them 320 the pair. For me, Red Publisher comes up as a bear, and I had him on top in my leg up as well. The old boy. Uh, the old boy. He's um, uh, yeah, he's just about racing as well as ever, isn't he? Did I ever tell you the time I backed him in a Karakata at 401? <laughs> Should have won with Jade on. I've, I've barely not backed him every start since as well, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 110th start, a charm for Red Publisher. What a horse. Yeah. Uh, should have won two starts ago in the Australia Day Trophy. Jade uh, zigged when she should have zagged. Uh, we spoke about that um, on a podcast two weeks ago. And then he ran into a red hot last of the line who's just a weapon at 1,400 metres. And, I mean, carried 59 and a half and gave last of the line two and a half kilos and ran him to a length in a very fast 1,400. So it's undeniable how well Red Publisher is performing. This deep into his prep, this deep into his nine year old season gee whiz what a horse <laughs> what a horse yeah. he is i'm uh, i'm cheering for him i'm not that keen to be honest it's a sticky little race but i'm cheering for red publisher on top it is now time for the wa racing mastermind competition that's correct, Terry. The Mundaring Hotel has uh, sponsored our mastermind competition from the get-go, and the Mundaring, of course, has been the heart of the hills since 1899. You can find the Mundaring in Lud- Jacoby Street. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor 
say g'day, let him know you're a 1-1 listener, feed Flutter frothies and a real family atmosphere up there at the Mundaring. Got some really good feedback from the professor, Mike Epis, who uh, used his Mundaring $100 Mundaring mastermind voucher up there on the weekend and uh, had a uh, had a brilliant time up there with his family and sent a review through on Twitter, which we really appreciate. And um, yeah, just a big thanks to the professor for supporting the show, supporting our sponsors, and uh, and uh, spreading the good word of the Mundaring. So, congratulations to episode sixty two mastermind winner Brad Abel. So, Brad got all four Magic Moons themes questions correct. And uh, that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring, Brad, is in the mail. And uh, yeah, it was a good week for Brad. It was his birthday during the week oh. as well. So happy birthday, Brad. And he's doubled up. He's got the double with the uh, birthday celebrations and a Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition victory under his belt as well. So Famous double. Congrats, mate. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. And uh, they are as follows. Terry, you ready to go? I'm ready. Question one. Who piloted, what jockey pilot, piloted Flower of War to win last year's Cyril Flower Stakes? Question two. There's been two Group 1 winners to win Cyril Flower Stakes since 2015. So since 2015, the winners of the race, two of them have been Group 1 winners, right, Terry? One of them is Blackheart Bart. Can you name the other? No, I can't. <laughs> Bit of a tricky one, that. He, um, he might have won a big Group 1 mile at Ascot once upon a time. Question three. Which Flemington Group 1 did Superstorm finish second in the start immediately after his 2020 Challenge Stakes win? Last year, Superstorm, of course, won the Challenge and headed to Melbourne straight away and then he finished second in a big Group 1 at Flemington. Which was the race? Name it. And question number four. Who trained Private Dancer? She was a good filly. Who trained Private Dancer to win the 2018 Challenge Stakes? Oh, I reckon it might be in a bit of strife here. I reckon we've got two. Two. Two, two? and four. Three yeah. and four? Uh, you've got one and four. Correct. Hey. Show, show us again. We're on Zoom here, guys. One and four, correct. No, this is... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know what I've done with this. a trick question. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, all righty. So, to be crowned this week's mastermind, answer those four questions correctly. Send them through to us via direct message at the 1 1 pod on Twitter, and you can be in the running for that $100 gift voucher mm. to the Mundaring. Okay, BJ, race number five over the 18. 100 metres. Uh, the back end of the card is actually a pretty good betting card. In all in all honesty, the first four um, take away the, the two-year-old race, which it's probably not a great betting card, but it, that's a really nice race. Um, there is a bit of excitement, a bit of enthusiasm, so we'll really ramp up that positivity we spoke about earlier, hey, BJ? And, um, be optimistic. And, and, yeah, we'll be optimistic and try and find a couple of winners. Um, 
I'm pretty keen on one here um, in in the fifth. Uh, I think Beat the Bro is a horse who's been. It's rarely it's rare that when I when you see a horse go up in Journey for the first time and hit a distance, um, he or she has yet to race that. You get I get quite enthused about him, but the way he races and the way he strides out to the line, um, to me, he's screaming for the 1800 meters. Uh, type thing. And if you go back through his entire campaign, it's just been littered um, with excuses, basically. I mean, first up on the 21st, the 11th, he's run second on a, um, a cold rail at Bunbury. It was comfortably the best run of the day, comfortably. The, the rail was, was ice cold. On the 5th of the 12th, it was a moral beaten versus dark mission at Ascot, beaten a lip. Um, he's then come out. Uh, he's popped back to country grades uh, on the 20th of the 12th, 15 days later. Tried to circle the field from about 800, 900 to go. Carried 61 and a half. Understandably popped late, ran second. Um, he won his next start a week later, beat Concord Zone. And um, in the end, that form probably hasn't stacked up so much. But it's the way he strode out. At the 150, he would have been 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 to 1. I don't think too many people would have thought he would have got there. But uh, he really, really strode out late. Uh, he had, um, he came up again came out again on the 6th of January where he was held up the entirety behind No Surrender BJ pretty confident he would have won that race um, with any sort of clear room and then last week seven days ago he raced at Pinjarra on the wet track in a race that that's funny as March him along kicks clear and um, sailed away. Paul Harvey sat deep on a strong tempo, and he this was sixteen hundred down to the fourteen hundred, and he just kept on coming and coming and coming. Huge. It was oh, it was just so big. Um, so I've I just think this race looks his for the taking. He maps three back, one off. Um, maybe a you pair. almost have to ride this horse tough, don't you? You do. Well, that's, he's, that's like, what I he's like say. a he's like a trotter who who likes to be driven tough out out in the breeze. Do you know what I mean? If you try to ride this horse pretty, he just it's just not his go. He's a uh, he, get him out, get him moving, build momentum, let him do his thing. Exactly right, and I yeah. I, I'm really struggling to find what beats him here if ridden in that manner. I'd love to see him rolling from the 600. Get get cover until until the 600-metre mark um, and get rolling from there. But, gee whiz, I mean, we're looking at the market. Uh, again, I'll, I'll just quickly whip through it in market order. Big butter booms coming up from Albany. Obviously, it was pretty impressive in those Albany and Mount Barker victories. But war class... Blah, blue turns to grey. So War sat deep when he knocked off So War, and he did have the benefit of having Pikey and Chris Parnham on the last few. I, I, I can't have him coming to town at four dollars fifty and, and be seriously considering him. Queen takes King from Barrier Nine with Carlene on after a setback. setback um, yeah. yeah, that's just not for me. It doesn't map the win. Um, fitness eighteen hundred thirty five days just cannot have. No surrender is just honest, 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 honest. Um, 1,800 metres might be about on his mark, but, um, yeah, again, I can't see how Beat the Bro doesn't get past No Surrender unless there's uh, bad luck involved. Enduring Moment was given a nice ride by Pikey. He's now 14 to 1,800. To me, I don't know if um, if he's a bloke who's really going to relish the 1,800, but he loses Pikey. And then Eurasia's going super, but I just can't map him to win from behind Beat the Bro. So, um, yeah, there's, there's only... One winner here for me, BJ. I've actually marked beat the bro two dollars thirty, so um, it's a it's a fairly uh, fairly confident bet on my behalf at around that uh, three dollar eighty four dollar mark, BJ. Bullish, mm, pretty keen, yeah. On a card, I'm not all that bullish on too many. I'm I'm definitely confident that beat the bro can uh, stride out late, um, being let go from the from the six hundred, especially on the seven day backup, should be nice and fit. Yeah, gee, that was some run last Saturday. So I see exactly where he just where you're coming from there, Terry. He just wasn't entitled just to keep surging to the line in that in that fashion. And I think 
giant leap had his back the whole way and punctured to finish near the tail and uh yeah it was just it was almost the run of the day to be fair um i just thought the 14 to 18 up to 60 couple of little queries there but um definitely going to take some beating is beat the bro i'm um I'm just going to keep riding this Roy Rogers wave, which Roy? I've been a bit bit late to, to be honest. But um, uh, this big butter boom has been placed to advantage in uh, in Albany Mount Barker, and he's just really got his he's got his confidence up with those um, great Southern victories. He's gone maiden, class two, class two ratings, fifty eight plus, and. Last start, he sat outside a pretty strong tempo and then Chris Parnham asked him to go prior to straighten him. He just gapped them and was just uh, – he just just was just running through brick walls late in the race. He was just so strong on the line uh, with 58 kilos. Mitchell Pateman are on board. So I wonder if Chris Parnham yeah, I- has opted to ride no surrender. So well, do you think? No, I think Mitchell Pateman's off to ride Big Butter Boom because I'm pretty sure that No Surrender is Mitchell's ride, and that that yard they have certain jockeys' rides. I'm pretty sure that No Surrender is is Mitchell's ride. So I, I don't know. But, I, I'm guessing, and I could. But be is wrong. Big Butter Boom? Wouldn't Big Butter Boom be Chris's ride though? Uh, I think it could be anyone's ride. It's been ridden by yeah. Mitch. It's funny actually. Let me let me tell you a little story about Big Butter Boom, BJ. Let's um, hear it. I uh, first up. Uh, was it first or second up? Big butter boom. Uh, went around on the 11th of December. At, second um, up. Or second up. And uh, not too many people obviously liked the first up effort um, over the uh, over the 1,000 metres, but I, I quite did. I ran 11th of 12 with Chrissy Nicolon. So I've, uh, I've, I've, I've not only loaded in, but I've... I've Told a few people. I said, I think this is this is close to a good thing here, uh, big butter boom. And um, yeah, unfortunately, at around about 25, 26 bucks, he's uh, he's run second and he's come out and won his next four. So how about that? That's my whole story, by the way. There's not really. Going and I don't think else. has choose to cruise won a race since. No, it hasn't. No. So no. basically, I'm just saying it's it's bullshit. Basically, <laughs> um, yeah. I picked Bloody up. Roy. I picked up that this. I picked up that this bloke was going to be something early on, and I uh, I never got my money, unfortunately. So. Um, Look- the thing, the thing with Big Butter Boom is he's uh, gives himself. He's a big, strong bugger, and he gives himself every chance up on top of the speed. Just the way that the Rogers horses are going, just how strong they are late in the races. If he brings that great Southern form to town, race uh, races outside, um, no surrender. I'm imagining um, Mitchell Pateman asks him for an effort. Uh, I just feel as though he's going to sustain it, and it's going to. And it's going to take a horse to produce something decent to get past him. Tell you what, the way Roy's are racing at the moment, there was a couple, Feels Hot and um, more so um, Strathmore Rose. Strathmore Rose, Tuesday. If you watch Bo on um, Feels Hot in the first, she wanted to take a sit on the back of Spirit of Prophecy, but the horse was just, just wanted to run. That was over the mile. She ended up having to kick up and lead. Most horses would have a bit of a stitch after doing that and what she did. But, gee, some of those horses, they just – the girls at Maddie Derrick tried to hold Strathmore Rose slower. But yeah. they just – yeah, Roy's are, Roy's are absolutely flying at the minute. They're, they're literally – they just they're flying. Have a look at Fangio's last two wins. Like yeah, it's, if that's not a Saturday horse, I'll go, hey, I think it'll it'll march in, in the ladies' braces. Isn't the ladies' bracelet on Sunday? I haven't uh, yeah, I've, I'm halfway through Esperance. I'm yet to do uh, Albany. I don't know how you've survived this week, Terry. Like I, di- I didn't have to do uh, Geraldton or, or Albany, but you've uh, you've done a lot. 
I'm jaded. So, uh, as we mentioned in the in the preamble earlier, Roy Rogers is. I think he's had uh, the second place getter in both Magic Millions races last week. He's um, he's picking off some Metro wins. He even got Zatorio to win in town a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So uh, it's fair to say that um, that they're uh, they're in a purple patch of form. That's for sure down at Trigger Lodge. So I'm just I'm just trusting the form stable to bring a form horse to town on top of the speed, big, strong, carries weight. Good luck getting past him, I reckon. So um, mm-hmm. that's the way that's the way I'm uh, I'm reading the race, and uh, looking forward to seeing Eurasia ridden quiet, three wide line, tacking on, uh, peeling, swooping. I reckon he can be just as effective ridden in that fashion than from his usual sort of sort of forward mid midfield running position. Um, Sean McGrady won an 1,800-meter race on Sowar at Ascot a few weeks back. I think he'll be looking to employ similar sort of three-wide rolling tactics on Eurasia. He was just about a good thing beat behind Seminole Brave over a mile last start and beat the bro. Um, genuine winning chances as Terry uh, made the, laid the case out for him earlier as well. So, But for me, I'm going to take on Terry. Terry's strong beat the bro. I'm thinking big Butter boom. That's going to be a bit of a mouthful for Macca, isn't it? Big butter boom and beat the bro yeah, finding the finish on Saturday. <laughs> if they're in a uh, if they're in a bit of a photo with bombardment as well, it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be an issue for for Darren. But uh, yeah, no, Keen beat the bro. BJ likes big butter boom. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good good race. BJ Pont versus Payton too, mm. going at it stride for stride. So we'll see how that race plays out. Terry Bullish beat. The bro race six, the Mrs. Max handicap. If it ain't as Mrs. Max, Terry, take it back. Take it back, for God's sake, take it back. It's uh, 1,200 metres, special conditions. We've got a full field engaged here, and there's a bit of a fascination as well because not only do we have 16 horses currently in the field, which we've got a map, we've got a price, we've got to assess, we've also got this complete wild card of downforce, the E2 who uh, won at Ascot, just absolutely dominant at Ascot yesterday, gets a re-handicap. If he if he somehow forces his way into the field, then he's he's a winning chance as well. I've actually got him on top down force if just in case he squeezes into the field. But this is just uh, this is uh, this is a tricky one, very tricky race to sift through, and that's why uh, I allude to well, I hand over to smarter men than me. To um, oh, work this one out, Terry, oh, I don't know do us a favour. I don't know. If that's the case. Race the six. Moment. Can you plot? Can you plot a path through this for the listeners? Uh, I, <laughs> my my path is probably going to be a little bit different to most people's path in this race. I would suggest, BJ. Um, it's a it's a race with a lot of horses. You you sort of want to um, you want to take on. Sorry, before we move on though, BJ Riley Morgan in the previous fifty wins beat the bro. He's with me. So I forgot to read out Riley's bet. I'm not very good at keeping up with this, am I? In the Rising Stars series? Yes. Yeah, so Riley uh, Riley has. And before I forget, Tommy's got two in this. Um, the two that I probably wasn't going to say a huge amount about. Oh, I would have said a little bit about. Um, in this, Tommy's got his both of his bets. 50 wins on the pair. Double the Pro, which is currently over 30 bucks, and, st- and Sweet Strawberry, which is also in the teens. So Tommy, again, I think Tommy's going for the one big kill sort of yeah. feel. So he initially was going to go Jono for his full 100, but he's of the yeah. opinion it'll probably trade uh, uh, similar to a mark, I thought. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking at the Betfair SP type uh, aspect of this competition, which I like, and he's um, he's throwing a little bit of caution to the wind, BJ. 
Tactics. Um, tactics. It's all about tactics. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit um, left of center here, but I'm really really happy to play uh, at a big price. And that is, I need to take a deep breath before I before I say this, BJ, because even I can't believe I'm I'm probably tipping this one on a uh, on a Saturday. But that is boyish. Just got to pause for effect. <laughs> what? Um, boyish. Oh, I'll do I'll do a, I'll do a Luke Darcy. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that one. I haven't, I haven't say heard that again. Deal. You haven't heard a great deal about uh, Luke Darcy. Say that again. Um, boyish. Uh, boyish. <laughs> Is a very simple jump and run galloper, as we know. Um, I've I've traditionally marked Boyish as a sort of 930 meter Narragin horse. Had a couple of good results on Boyish over the journey. Um, out Sorry, what what Narragin. horse are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> what, what horse is this? So I'm just going to give you my points here with Boyish. Okay. So Boyish uh, obviously had two massive wins: the the win at Narragin by five lengths over Cleves Watching, then the win at Bunbury. Both of those were over the 1100. I liked. Seeing him win over the 1100, it sort of proved that he's running out his races strongly and he really smashed the line. I don't think that the 1200 um, proves to be any real issue for him here. Um, I think a lot of people look at his failure six days ago, but it was quite funny. And the reason I probably wouldn't have even gone that deep in boyish, but I actually went deep on his form for Sunday, um, looking at him as a potential bet on Sunday. And he basically is, he, he's got some of the worst wet track form I have ever seen. He, might be in great form. He comes to a wet track. He can't walk, basically. So his effort to finish three lengths off Cesano on um, on Sunday was comfortably his best performance on a wet track. Um, he barely has beaten a horse home on his previous six goes on any type of rain-affected going. So to be only be beaten three lengths, I thought was quite the effort. Um, amazingly, he was a 57-rated Galloper four starts ago. Despite those two big wins, he's only a 60-rated now. So he's been looked after by the handicapper and the way it's all worked out. I'm a big fan of Carleen Heffel going on for Simone Altieri. You're basically getting, for me, you're getting an upgrade in jockey, one of the best front-running jockeys in Western Australia at the moment. You're getting a free three kilos. Um, Map-wise, do you have him going straight to the top? Boyish? Yep. Boy, yeah, I've got Boyish leading. Yeah, yep. so Boyish gets to the top without any real noted speeds. The Tommy Blue, Glasgow Girl, Sir Mambo, 15, Lipstick Flickers, 16, Angriani, 18. That can all go forward, but none of them have the same speed that Boyish does early. So Boyish is going to be out and rolling with the 51. This has a lot of Cramden about six months ago or whenever that yep. was um, yep. that we threw out. He's not fashionable, but very simply, Boyish on numbers and the times he's running, carrying 51, that's a nine and a half drop, nine and a half kilo drop from Sunday, a 10 and a half kilo drop from his demolition job at Bunbury um, two starts ago. Just jumping running with the 51. If he can run time out in front, which we know he can, I, I just I just think Boyish will be really hard to run down here. Um, there's there's every chance Boyish has gone on the turn, but we're getting nearly $40, BJ. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty keen on Boyish. Tell, uh, tell the listeners you're invested already, yeah? Uh, I am. I've been messaging around because I want this price to stay. So I've been, I have text around to a few different um, little people in my uh contact book and uh, I've managed to I've managed <laughs> to chip little, away little black book. I've managed to chip away at the 41s without moving the price and that's that is my aim so um yeah I'm trying to allow it to uh to hold its price but uh gee whiz BJ I, I think this is um a mad 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 price for a horse that's carrying no weight and um yeah, he's in career best form at the minute. So um, madness. Let's, let's see how we go. Definitely madness, but um, mm. I marked him favourite. So there you go. <laughs> so, 
I did. I marked him. I even used the – so I, I did my own markets and then I went and did my markets using the GTX software. Um, yeah. And even on that – on the GTX software, he came up $3.10 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, dearie me. So there's obviously uh, a, a bit of speculation about him bringing his best form to Ascot, but um, gee whiz, I'm I'm super happy paying to uh, to be involved here, BJ. So um, boyish each way for me. Bullish, bullish, boyish. What a traveller, boyish. I'm just going through his form here. He's won at Kembla, Kembla Grange. He's won at Gosford. That's of course in uh, New South Wales. Then he's uh, imported to Western Australia. He's won twice at Narragin. Then he's won at Norseman, Narragin again, and then he won a 46-plus at Bunbury. Tell you so. what, BJ, big win at Norseman too. I've, <laughs> I've often found that the Norseman form really holds up heading into an Ascot Saturday meeting. So, um, <laughs> And the uh, and the, the guru's got his uh, got his man on course to back uh, boyish at Norseman as well. The bookies were filthy. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So this would be this would be incredible stuff if um, if Carlene fresh off a huge double, huge price double on Magic Moons Day last Saturday, if Carlene can um, can lift boyish over the line in race six of the day. We're going to need to have a quick break here, BJ, because out the fry is about thirty seconds away from jumping as well. So um, we'll hit pause. Pause. Let's hit pause. Yeah. So we're back after watching the opening of the. 11 races from Bunbury on uh, uh, Thursday, today, of course. And um, how good's the great game, Terry? Yeah, another another successful venture into ownership there. <laughs> we just watched Terry's horse out the fryer go around in the first. I reckon that might have been a little retirement uh, song as well. I, I dare say uh, out the fryer won't grace the racetrack again, BJ. But um, Out the gate? Yeah, no, I must be, I must be saving all my ownership credits for uh, a dig deep Pinjara Bunbury Sprint Double and a Be Optimistic Karakata. Well, you've been spoiled. You've been spoiled. I have so. been spoiled. I have been. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's quite – how humbling is the great oh, game? It's a leveller. <laughs> it's a, it's a leveller, isn't it? Isn't it an that's absolute right. leveller? Just a good old-fashioned that's racing and yeah, then you move on, is, isn't we it? We do. We do. We've got, yeah. we got 10 more to attack today. So and, uh, thank God I don't know. Out the fryer will be uh, the least of your concerns when boyish sort of bolts oh, in I at tell, 41s. I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Remember that time that uh, Terry marked boyish $3.10 and it won at $41? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? That's how we open next week's show, I reckon. Uh, well, I don't want to take too much of Terry's thunder. This is just going to be this is going to be something to behold. This this boyish situation. So, for what it's worth, uh, I um, I'm pretty keen on Downforce if he happens to get a start. This horse is in an absolute purple patch, absolutely flying for our man Lucky Lactar. Please stay in WA Lactar if you can. Mm. I know they're desperate for him to get back to Mauritius where he will just absolutely dominate. But uh, the longer Lactar stays in Western Australia, the better. He's going to be claiming downforce has been rehandicapped to 61 after yesterday's win. He's going to be claiming, still gets him in with a winnable weight. Decent enough draw. He's humming downforce. I reckon he can go close. And then the other winning chances I had was Amelia's Contraire. Sweet Strawberry, like who, who tipped Sweet Strawberry? Was that Tommy? Tommy Johnston? Uh, yes, Tommy yep. is tipped Sweet Strawberry and he's tipped Double yep. the Pro. Double the Pro was stiff. Yep. Stiff last start. I thought Mitchell was a victim of circumstances there, but I can definitely see where he's coming from with uh, with those two selections. Two horses hitting the line hard, BJ. Yeah, so I just thought the Simon A went 1,000-1,000 with Millia's Contraire. I reckon ridden quieter, up to the 1,200 is going to suit her, especially gate two. If Boyish is out in running, I expect the, the field's going to uh, – 
be, uh, I guess, um, strung out, which will give the Pontiff Paul Harvey some some uh, some move some room to move into with Emilia's Contrera, and she might be able to to show us what she's really made of stepping up to the twelve hundred third up from a break. But if Downforce gets a run, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be investing on him. Other than that, I think that Emilia's Contrera is the hardest to beat. But um, all eyes will, of course, be on boyish madness. Do you reckon? Do you reckon there's a few knocks on a few of these favourites? Just want to quickly touch on Tommy Blue. I reckon the jury out how well she's going yeah uh, Amelia's contrary I really like up to the 1200 but again I I'm not convinced how well she hit the line last start I, I'm I'm not sure I still think she'll be is that uh, a bit of a Harvey thing though you know how sometimes yeah it can be, can a be but I, th- I thought he still wrote her out to the line to some degree it's I'm the jury's out lipstick flickers uh, I thought hit the line probably just as well but um is obviously missed a run uh with an issue from the wide gate with the apprentice but lipstick flickers is more than capable 56 in a 60 plus it's a really um it's a really nice weight for lipstick flickers but obviously it's a, a difficult setup um and then as you said down for I tell you what, I reckon if Downforce starts and they, they claim the three of Lactar, I reckon Downforce probably starts favourite just about. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm probably – yeah, it's it's quite interesting. And then you've got Sweet Story, absolute, was gifted that victory. I don't think Lightning Strikes <laughs> twice there. Um, to me, there's just not much in it. So I was willing to look outside the market, a bit like Tommy's doing with Double the Pro and, um, and Sweet Strawberry. Um, but, again, I, I 100% can see where you're coming from with Downforce. Horses flying and um, – yeah, I reckon he, he could just about head the market if uh, if there is a, a scratching. Yeah, this looks like a Maddie's type of race, doesn't it? Yeah. With uh, horses like horse like you mentioned, boyish horse like Double the Pro, Tommy Johnson, and maybe even a So Sway at uh, Best Available Twenty Seven as well was a good thing. Beat Jolton last mm. up, but yeah, we'll see. It looks a tricky little uh, start to the late quad, but um, yeah, we'll see how boyish can. Uh, perform for the Perth Racing Guru at huge odds. So- I actually went into this not wanting to plump it too much because I'm going to have to have most of my bet on late. I didn't really want to carry on too much like a pork chop. I didn't really <laughs> I didn't really succeed that too well, did I? <laughs> uh, this is this is going to be fun. Can't wait. So race seven is the first of our features. It's the Cyril Flower Stakes, 1,200-meter sprint race, uh, $100,000 listed and um, – I don't think Caracapo is going to get Caracapo no. is going to get a better opportunity to uh, register some black type uh, victories than he is in the Cyril Flower on Saturday. He um, he's short enough, but it does look his race to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, he's a major player. Geez, this is a, a thin old listed race. I mean, it looks yeah. looks like a pretty similar setup. Mervyn will roll along in front. Caracapo will stalk. Saracino, roughly three back the fence, but that's potentially where Wrinkley gets, which could be a bit of a uh, bit of an annoyance, but Wrinkley does tend yeah. to roll off, so you'd expect gaps will appear for Saracino. Um Platoon's the interesting runner. Can he out sprint yeah. them? He'll be he'll probably be last and chasing on the bands. But what what I like to look at is will this be the same setup we saw a fortnight ago where Mervyn and Caracapo are paddling late and, and things are coming hard. And, and if they are coming hard late, you could see a platoon finish over the top. But you know a horse who can really run a, a slick final 200? Um, she's well out of her grade here, but if, if it turns into that same type of setup and she sprinted home with Celebrity Queen on a couple of occasions, that's cryptic love. Um, yep. If it turns into that type of setup, I don't think Cryptic Love's an impossibility, but um, no, not a race I'm too keen on. Caracapo's way under the odds at the 260 yep. for me. Um, yep. I, I think he's going to be major player, but Saracino is probably the, the one. And I think Lockroy's last run was almost um, identical to that of Saracino. Uh, Mitchie Pateman on for Jerry Noski. I think Lockroy's going pretty well. Really nice trial before that as well. So I've marked Saracino 380, Lockroy 880. They're currently sort of 
four fifty and fifteen bucks. Little double play, and I won't lose Cryptic Glove late on on Betfair. But um, gee whiz, that means I'm standing Karakapa. Yeah, it's it's not a race I'm I'm too keen on. But um, what about Swerven? Yeah, Swerven. Well, I think Luke's pretty bullish on Swerven this week. But um, I thought his uh, his scenic last run was. Massive. It was. Absolutely massive. It was. He, he laid off, which he doesn't usually do either. So that, that probably... He was going that fast. <laughs> he yeah, was that, going that fast. He, he derailed himself. That, yeah. probably, that probably cost him a length or two. But um, yeah, yeah Swerven, Swerven's always a chance. One of those type of horses, when he turns up on his day, um, he's just um, he's hard to run down, but you don't know if it's going to be I, his day or not, do you? I reckon Swerven, Swerven Mervin, probably cost Caracapo the win the other day. Just... Just the way that, that that race shaped and the the mid race acceleration from Mervyn, Jason Brown and Cara Capo Capo was in two minds: do I chase Mervyn or do I or do I let Cut him up, go? Yeah. And then, but but he and he sort of just he just made Capo just burn that bit of excess fuel mid stage, which left him vulnerable to the likes of Samistat, Flirtini, and Saracino late. I don't think. Brownie will be keen to make the same. I don't know if he made an error, but to, he'll be he'll he'll definitely be making an adjustment to how he tackles the Mervin situation. Does rise to fifty nine. Caracapo, real uh, short enough under under my price. The mm. Mervin was actually the value from my point of view. I marked Caracapo three dollars. Saracino and Mervin were four fifty each of two. So. Mervyn's probably the bet at the moment as far, uh, the way that the market has shaken out this morning. But um, for Team Taylor, as I said in the in the opener, it doesn't get much better for Caracapo than uh, to, to notch up his first black type victory. So I tip Caracapo, but from a value point of view, Mervyn is the bet. Yeah, good uh, good opportunity for uh, Caracapo. Probably a well-deserved um Black type victory if, if they can uh, can snare it. He's uh, probably one of the more underrated sprinters in Western Australia. As you can see by the fact he's top weight in a uh, yeah. in a listed race, despite never actually winning um, any black type. So he's managed to get himself up to a ninety eight rating without actually winning um, black type. That's really good placement from Jim Taylor as well. Hundred percent, and of course we spoke about it on the pod two weeks ago. He's he's just a weapon. Ascot twelve hundred meters. He's as uh, I think he's what seven from sixteen or mm-hmm. something crazy like that. So uh, gets his gets a big big opportunity on Saturday. Mark market will be interesting late betfair. Certainly will, certainly will. Yeah. Um, it's funny, Saracino might even be easy to some degree in the market because of his good track form, but I think that's a little bit misleading, the 20-odd uh, starts without a victory on the good. I think he's, he's put in a lot of strong performances and he, um, the jockey he goes for best is Sean McGrady as well. So, And, and also there's a, there's a big patch of his career which you almost have to just ignore a yeah. lot of the statistics because he was either out of form or um, exactly he right. was unhealthy or whatever. His probably what he's produced in the last 12 months is is the, the real Sarah Saracino so um, Saracino and Catacapo real uh, sort of uh, Tiliano flavor to uh, the to the big race on uh, the big cereal flower stakes on Saturday so moving forward into the f- second feature of the day it's a 1500 meter challenge stakes for the three-year-old this is a real stepping stone usually uh, it's a stepping stone for Colts Geldings Phillies into their WA Oaks and WA Derby Derby campaigns. Mm-hmm. However, the two fancies here, 
kiss on old four cheeks to the outstanding Dan Morton filly and Western Empire, who was Australia's best maiden before blitzing his rivals at Bunbury the other day. They are more so not only on trial, not necessarily on trial for those races, but on trial for a trip to Victoria. And they are um, the connections of those particular horses are targeting huge races on the uh, in Victoria. So this is going to be quite the stepping stone. It's going to be quite the race, actually. Mm. Western Empire, kiss on all four cheeks. At the moment, the market currently just favours kiss on all four cheeks. Actually, there was a bit of a shake. Bit of a shake-up, actually, this morning with the scratching of Magical Dream, who probably would have been about third favourite. Would that be about right, Terry? I think she was third favourite mm-hmm. when she came out. Uh, Magical Dream, she's out. So that leaves uh, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, about 280, Western Empire, 290, best available for those two. Yeah, disappointing scratching of Magical Dream from a punning point of view. Um, I think at the $4.40, she was the big unders in the race. So you, you're sort of getting quite a big deduction on a horse that I think was going to find it very difficult to win from Barrier 10. I think she would have drifted out to 10 11 bucks by the time they went around. Um, so it's a disappointing scratching from a punning point of view. But uh, yeah, this market's not far from accurate. I'd be, I'd be surprised if Western Empire isn't um, isn't well supported, BJ, and probably jumps favourite with the with the speed map. You'd expect Salaya can come around and lead them. Breeze at very worst um, and Western Empire will probably not make the same mistake that Pikey did last time um, he clashed with Salaya and Kiss on All Four Cheeks all in, four the, cheeks, in yeah. the Lestia when um, he landed out in front so look for Chrissy Parnham to just take a sit on the back of Salaya and purely on field position I think that's the way I've got to go with Western Empire having a good head start on Kiss on All Four Cheeks but um, I don't think Slayer can be written off either I think no. I think she's a runner which um the market maybe has forgotten about to a to a minor degree. She'll she'll have field position on them. She was huge in that last year. She worked so hard to find the breeze and wasn't entitled to probably beat Western Empire home that day, and she did. So, um, Salaya is the one that's slightly above the price in my market, but at at two ninety and two eighty and five bucks, it's a really good race to watch. Um, interested to see what uh, Danny Morton's other runner Temptation can do. BJ, $300,000 yep. purchase. Um, Temptation. Don't think she's anywhere near this lot probably, but uh, always interested to see what an expensive um, youngster can do. So we'll keep an eye on Temptation. But um, cracking race, I think Western Empire with a form. Chrissy Parnell can get the job done, but there's no um, no prices, which enthuse me too much. BJ. Yes, well, last time Kissing All Four Cheeks and Western Empire met, it was Western Empire 230. Kiss on all four cheeks, $14, and Salaya actually was in that race. She was $16. So Western Empire was all the rage, understandably, on the day. That was the day that he was an emergency in the Kingston Town Classic, couldn't get a run. He was coming off a massive WA Guineas performance. But as you said, Pikey's bounced him out from five. He's ended up in front, and that just wasn't the place. And oh, we see these Peters horses from their very first trial they're taught to um, relax early find cover conserve and explode late so and we saw an example of that yesterday with sprightly star uh, beginning probably a bit too well for pikey um, sits outside rosso tempesta and um, then gets zapped by the by the stable mate who was who was ridden to pattern do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. uh, um Kissing all four cheeks beat home Western Empire by 1.4 lengths on that occasion with Western Empire being ridden uh, outside of his comfort zone. Freshened up, led up, went to Bunbury, did what he had to do as a $1.30 pop, 
I noticed that they put a Norton bit on him, which was interesting. I think it was lugging bit off, Norton bit on. So um, obviously he's uh, was travelling very keenly for for Pikey first up over the eleven hundred metres at Bunbury. But I'm with Terry. I think Chris Parnham will come out neutral. There will be horses rushing around uh, MTA and Solea, which will hopefully give Western Empire a smother. Kiss on all four cheeks. Brad Parnham is probably going to go back, look for cover, work into the race in a similar fashion than he did last start, although she has gone forward in the past. But I think she's much more effective going back and uh, sort of um, using that outstanding closing strength and speed. With Western Empire ridden to advantage with cover, produced at the right time. Can Kiss on all four cheeks give him two lengths and get past him, Terry? That's what I want to want want to uh, wanna work out. It's also about finding the right card up because a lot of the runners in between them are going to be um, at a pretty lengthy old quote. If Saleya gives a good kick, as you'd yes. expect she would, and Western Empire's tailing her, Kiss on all four cheeks on the back of a horse like... Keep Your Feet or, um, oh, I don't know, Brave Angel, Temptation, Lunar Impact, yeah. that's not going to give you yeah. the card up into it. So, um, yeah, from that point of view, I'm expecting Western Empire will start low twos. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Terry. I uh, When I saw Magical Dream in this race and I was like, oh, hang on, could be onto something here, and I marked Western Empire my best of the day when I did the, the leg up last mm-hmm. night. I just think, I think, well, he's, he's basically on trial for an Australian Guineas. He's... he's Bob's trying to replicate the Superstorm situation from last year. Uh, Western Empire, if he wins this and wins this well, he'll be he'll be on the flight with Arcadia Queen and Regal Power. I mean, they feel they feel so strongly about his his abilities that he was they were desperate for him to get a start in the Kingston Town Classic. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Right. Didn't they even wasn't there? Wasn't there a scratching to allow him to get into the WA Guineas as well? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was magical dream. Yeah, yeah. So it drew the car park. Like they, 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 uh, the 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 White, the powerhouse Peter's Investments operation, they're well aware of what Western Empire is capable of. In saying that, Kiss on All Four Cheeks has made many a map maker look very silly, and uh, <laughs> uh, in the past with her ability to overcome difficult situations and prevail. But for me, Western Empire, I want to. Uh, I reckon this is the day we see what he's capable of or get a real um, real snippet of, of what his true capabilities are. Western Empire on top, kissing all four cheeks, will be trying valiantly, no doubt, but I think this uh, I think this horse could be something special. Western Empire gets the job done for me. I'm with you, BJ. And we have uh, Riley Morgan is following us in here, BJ. Uh, he's having his second bet after his 50 wins on Beat the Bro in the fifth. He has 50 more wins on race eight, Western Empire. So um, Riley looking to get off the mark. A little bit of bat on ball this week for the young fella and um, good luck to him. The Guru, Thoroughheads and Dot Morgan all in alignment here with Western Empire in the challenge stakes. So it's just about that time, Terry. It certainly is. It's time for race nine, BJ. My favourite race on every card. The get out stakes. Juicy. The juicy. Juicy, the special. <laughs> Get out stakes. S-T-E-A-K-S. Who are they proudly brought to us by? Not brought to us by, but proudly brought to us by. Proudly, of course. The extremely popular. It's it's quite remarkable, to be honest, Terry, how popular this competition is. But the Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest 
retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt's the man. Him and his team, they run the show. Swing past. Say g'day. Timmy will look after you. Congratulations to episode 62 winner, the Irishman. 62, <laughs> the Irishman. Yeah, he is. The Irishman, Marty Allen. Bit of disrepute there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> The Irishman, the, the luck of the uh, Irish. No, he's uh, jagged Harry Thomas as well. Did he? Did he tip that pre-plunge or post-plunge? Uh, it was. It was a late entry. Mm, so he saw the if, money. Um, yeah. If it, it, he was, I think he might have even done it on the float ride home. He must have been tweeting. Uh, I don't know, but he. Um, it was funny because uh, uh, my one of my best mates, Tommy Atkinson, friend of the podcast, he um, he came over to watch. Magic Moons Day and um, what was it? Uh, the Scorchers last Saturday. Mm. And um, he had a quaddy and the only sort of semi-contender that he left out was Harry Thomas. And um, he said, geez, Harry Thomas can't win this, surely. I left it out of the quad. It can't win. And the funny part about it, Terry, was... Never looked like losing. His name is Tommy. And while he was saying this and while he was watching the race, he was actually nursing my son, Harry. Yeah. So he uh, he never... <laughs> never stood a chance. He, ne- he never stood a chance. So yeah. Harry Thomas and Carlene, the, uh, she's just uh, having a real moment in West Australian so racing wait, at the wait, moment. Wait till there's another plunge leader on uh, this Saturday, BJ, from, from a big price. Oof. I think Harry Thomas would have been about the same price as well early. So... <laughs> Let's, uh, let's Harry Thomas and, and Marty Allen. Anyway, Marty Allen's collected the stakes. And, uh, oh, did you get an invite? Did you get an invite round? No, negative. negative. Uh, no. Marty, come on. And uh, so congratulations, Marty. Enjoy them uh, succulent stakes from Market City Meats. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, it's race nine at Ascot on Cereal Flower Stakes Day. Uh, Please send us a tweet at the one one pod who you think will win two and two decimal place margin. Make sure you get that second decimal, that all important second decimal, Terry. And uh, don't forget the Sam White rule. First in, what did Riley say? <laughs> First past the post. <laughs> First, First in, past the post gets the chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, dearie me. First in, best dressed, BJ. First in, best dressed, Sammy White rule. Yes, so now um, as far as get out stakes goes, I can't remember tough. one as tough as this. So if you happen to come out on top and get that uh, those gourmet beef package from Market City Meats, then you have well and truly earned it, Terry, because uh, this is exhausting, this race. Yeah, Completely, it, it certainly was, BJ. Let's 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 talk it through. Hey, let's map her out first of all. Let's let's start from the beginning. Um, how have you? First of all, one thing I would like to say is it wouldn't surprise me if on the morning of this race, well, Marty could go back to back. You're tipping his own horse, perhaps, for the Get Out Stakes. Perhaps, mm, perhaps, it, or one of his two horses, I should say. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if on the morning, if one or two of these potentially come out because it does look a really sticky map. Um, but I, knowing Marty, he might also just back himself in and time to sizzle's early speed to just get across the lot of them and run them into the ground. But uh, gee whiz, certainly, uh, certainly has um, her. Um, Purring. Yeah, he does. He does. But he has um, her work cut out for her to cross him from 18. So I think Cramden can get across Santiago Girl and Chalt Nettie. 
BJ, I think Time to Sizzle might end up in the breeze if jumping. Time to Sizzle does tend to throw a jump every now and then, so it might be due to stand in the machines or do something wrong out of the gates. Uh, Starfield Incat can go forward. Santiago Girls, a lot quicker horse um, than people give it credit for, but they might be happy sitting here. Charlton Hetty's the obvious one. I mean, are they going to try and kick up and lead on Charlton Hetty? I think with the pressure coming across, they might be content just parking off them, but that's no certainty. And then you have Pearls and Prawns and Mood Swings, so I think we'll both be, well, they'll both have to be content taking a sit, especially Mood Swings, so I think we'll be potentially a better horse with a sit in all fairness. Yeah, just just find some cover. Last please. now it's just been it's been a very, very poorly ridden. Um for mm. for a simply ridden horse, it's been really poorly ridden. Um this time in, I think you'll find, especially last start when I, I think they're doing a good they're doing they're doing the right thing coming back to the Yes. The thousand. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But map wise, it looks sticky up front. I think we can all agree on that. There should be a three wide line. There should be a, a fair bit of mess up front. For that reason, I'm, I'm going to look around time to sizzle Cramden. Um, I'm going to look around all those horses and look for one that will we'll get the little tuck in. Um, Charlton Eddie's got to be hard to beat. Don't get me wrong. Charlton Eddie's will be everybody's elect. Might be the well-supported runner, but... I just worry that those couple of runs last campaign in four and eight horse fields, it was it was all pretty soft, if that makes sense, BJ. There was no real this is a proper race. Like there's gonna be speed coming, there's gonna be he's gonna know he's in a race, if that makes sense to you. This is a this has a different feel about it in that sense. Yeah, so, he did did compete in the three year old classic though. Clairvoyance, fifty seven five, first up. Um so that was high pressure. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's more about the mark. I mean, I, I've marked Charlton Eddie favourite, and you, I feel you have yeah. to mark Charlton Eddie favourite. But if he's – I have uh, – I've marked him favourite as well. It's yeah. just to me this is a race where you – I can't be stepping into anything too short. I've marked Charlton Eddie six bucks, so the four – what's he at the moment? About 450? Double checking across the board. Four, four Charlton Eddie, 440 best yeah. available. So it's moment. a bit under my quote. And for that, it is a race you've got to try and get something beaten in market order. Time to sizzles, five bucks. Um, time to, as I said, I don't think they find the rail, so I'm happy taking him on. Plutocracy is flying. But I think for Carleen, the way this race maps, I've got Plutocracy at best four back defense, BJ. That's yeah. that's just yeah. nearly impossible to get through and win the race. Mood swings, I need to see a little bit more before jumping in at that price. Platinum bullet off a freshen up, never impossible, but from the barrier, we'll need the right card into it. We haven't seen the best from Pablo's poem um, in a couple of years. Awesome trial, and um, he's more than capable on his in his best numbers, but it's just been so long. And even if he has, is at his best from the barrier, he's going to need a 10 out of 10 steer in the luck. Well, I'd, I'd like just to see him go back and run on. I thought yes. he did yeah. that trial the other day when they just left him alone early. He had plenty to give late, but he's it's going to be it's going to be monstrous. A task. From, yeah. Yeah, the process of elimination brings me to the next horse in line and the one I've marked uh, $7.80 and that's Guns of Navarone. BJ, he's, uh, as we were saying um, before, he's one of the more underrated gallopers in uh, in Western Australia. His last three wins have all been at pretty good, pretty big prices, often not found by the market. thought he went super um, first up in the scenic blast stakes, especially considering the fact he had to cart up the remainder of the field. He was that horse third to Mervyn and Caracapo, which we discussed um, when talking about the cereal flower earlier. Um, it, it was almost so good that it – has the potential to take the edge off him a bit. Like that speed he copped um, first up over 1,200 is uh, has the potential to take the edge off him a touch. Yeah. But, um, especially considering Neville Parnham has found a bit of a trick with this horse, keeping him fresh and leaving him for the 1,000-metre races. But, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I think the 81, he's now an 81 raider. I think he's pretty much on his mark as an 81 raider. So I love the fact, and the reason I've been able to find him here is the claim of Lactara Moli. Um, without that claim, I think he's probably on his mark and he finds one difficult to win um, but with the three kilos and 
Lactar is riding as well as anyone. I, I wouldn't be yeah. if I liked one enough and Lactar was on with no claim, I'd still be considering it strongly. So it's yeah, it's don't a, don't don't leave Lactar. Exactly right. It's a free yeah. it's a free three kilos with Lactar on. And uh, from the gate, he's got gate speed. He can land up handy to the speed. I just think he can run a race here. I'm not jumping out of my skin to be on, but um, over double my price, 16, 17 bucks at the moment. Um, yeah, each way all day to finish the day on, on Guns and Navarone, BJ. Yeah, well, I tipped in the leg up. I have found Charlton Eddy, class horse, first up. Hasn't really ever done much wrong. He, um, I wonder what price Shantork would be in this race. Shantork um, ch- had Charlton Eddy's measure uh, on two occasions last preparation but uh Chalney did carry more weight than her on both occasions and was beaten only a length roughly on average on uh, at both their meetings what price would Shantalk be in this particular event I reckon she'd be pretty short gets the right race for uh right map for Geordie Turner I reckon he can let those really really fast horses come across might even might even hold a one-one type position rolling into the race. Charlton Eddie, big strong horse, loves to have an uninterrupted passage. He can um, be kept on the bridle for as long as possible. He's going to have plenty to get. He's going to be really hard to beat. But like Terry, I'll be having something on Guns of Navarone. He was my second pick in the leg up. Comes up over my price. Where was I? I think I was about twelve dollars. What were you, Terry? Uh, Eight twenty. Okay, Eight. Yeah. So. Where is he at the moment? 820. 16, yeah, eight bucks, 18. Yeah, eight bucks. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I think Charlton Eddie's the hardest to beat, but I will be having something on Guns of Navarone. I reckon this is a terrific, terrific setup for Lactar and the horse coming back out of that hot listed race form. Good claim. Good yard. Ticking plenty of boxes. Yeah, that's the that's the uh that's the way to play the last, I think. Yeah. Process of elimination. What price are you Charlton Eddie? Sorry, BJ. Four fifty, Charlton Eddie. Four fifty, yeah. Okay. Guns of Nav, twelve dollars. Yeah. No, very competitive end to the day, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, yeah, another outsider um, getting up in the get out stakes. So good luck to everyone who has a crack. All right, Terry, we've got and one more rising stars bet before we move on into our betting best betting propositions, Maddies and Lays. Yeah, Latham Anderson clearly has a similar mindset to us, BJ, and he has found Guns of Navarone a bit of value. So ten bucks. Each way, Latham Anderson, Guns and Navarone. His other two bets were Star Soprano in the two-year-old race, 60 wins, and Spirit of Prophecy race one, 20 wins. BJ. Okay. Do you want to just recount the other two boys before yes. we move on? So they were Latham's. Riley is race five, beat the bro, 50 wins. Race eight, Western Empire, 50 wins. I'm hoping he's right because I'll be with him. Tommy Johnston, race six. He's gone the double play at a price, trying to... Blow the game open. Double the pro, 50 wins. Sweet strawberry, 50 wins. I like it, Tommy. Be ambitious. And we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, it's time for our best, Betfair best betting propositions. BJ, which way are you heading? Betfair best. My Betfair best comes up in race eight of the day, the Challenge Stakes. Mentioned it in the preview. Very confident Western Empire can get the better more, better of kissing all four cheeks on Saturday. Very good. They're both about. They're both level pegging at the moment. Although while we've been talking, Terry, it looks like Western Empire is just sharpen up a touch, but he still remains my bet fair best. Wonderful, and I'm uh, sticking with Riley's other bet. Beat the bro is comfortably my best of the day. Um, in race number five, I'd like to see Harvey rolling from the six hundred, and I'm pretty sure he can out muscle that field. Bj. Okay, so I'm pretty confident I know what your Maddie is going to be, Terry. Mm. So I'm going to go a Maddie in the same race 
as yours, uh, which I'll let you get to shortly. My Maddie is in race six, number 10, So Sway, gate one, Mitchie Pateman, sticks, $27 best available at present. I think uh, good thing beat at Jelton the other day, So Sway could, uh, could run a cheeky race at a price. Boyish. <laughs> Bullish, boyish, no, bullish. No, we're not overly <laughs> bullish. We have to. It's all, it's all relevant regarding price as well. I should make that very clear. But uh, look, fifty-one kilos. He won't know himself if he if he brings the same horse before that wet tracker, which I said you can put a line through. If he brings that same horse that was at um, Bunbury over the eleven hundred uh, and at Narragin over the eleven hundred, um, yeah, it's just for a front-running jockey who's flying at the moment. He's got to be really hard to catch, I reckon. So, um, well, we just got to bring that tap into some of that peak Norseman form, and he'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will uh, that should stand up for a race of this nature. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So who are we laying? Who's our bet fair lay? Um, I'm tossing up between three. So do you know what? I'll give you all three, BJ. Uh, race one, Molly McGee, 380. Uh, Molly McGee couldn't walk last start, up to the 1,500 maybe. Race two, that's probably my biggest of the three, is it's Tiff's. Uh, four bucks for a horse that's very ordinary. Gee whiz, we, we can lay its tips at that price. And race five, uh, fitness barrier, etc., uh, etc. Et Queen takes king, five bucks. Let's lay all three to place BJ, which means we can probably, oh, it's yeah, about a dollar eighty, dollar sixty, and a dollar eighty to three to run a place. I reckon all three will miss a hole. Okay, like it, I like it. The horse that I that keeps standing out for me is a horse that I want to take on, especially from a price point of view. Now is Tommy Blue in race six. Uh, currently, it's as low as four dollars. I don't. Yeah, jury's out on Tommy Blue for mine. Um, I can see why they like it. Coming back in class, quick back up. Good jockey, good stable, good draw. But I don't know, there's just there's a bit of a chink in the Tommy Blue arm of this preparation, I believe. So I'm happy to take on Tommy Blue. He or she is my lay of the day. I like it. I like it. It's an interesting race. There's a few potential lays in that race. And I think that's why we've yeah. both sort of searched for something a little bit outside the box um, in that sense in that race. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting start to the quadrilla, hopefully. And, yeah, and the, the cat will be amongst the pigeons if Downforce gets around. That's yes, sure. you're exactly right. Um, well, that brings us to a, another the end of another podcast, BJ, remote version. Uh, we've been a little bit um, – our hands have been tied a little bit the last – Hamstrung. We've been hamstrung um, yeah. the last couple of weeks for guests-wise because we've been doing it uh, remote, but we will definitely have um, a guest or two on next week um, and that will pattern will continue again. So we'll uh, announce that on Twitter – during the week, so next next week will be a Magic Moon's yearling yes, sales. Yes, and I was edition. I was going to mention that as well. Anyone, because I'll be out at the sale, so we're going to record earlier. Bj, we're going to try and record a little bit earlier, and I think uh, I think Crip might be joining me. We're going to roll out to the sales, and I've given him a rule: do not let me spend any money at the uh, the sales, no matter how many froffies I may have. But if you do get out there, make sure you uh, come and say hello. I, I loved uh, loved it last year, and I'm looking forward to um, hopping out again. Um, Good luck to the three. You might have to, might have to take some one-one hats out there too. Well, I might have to. I'll be wearing one myself. But yes. um, yeah, I might uh, might have to take a little box fill, perhaps. Put your put your orders in. Yeah, put your orders yeah. In. Put the orders in. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, good luck to the three lads this week. We've had donuts, duck eggs for the first two weeks, but I'm pretty confident. Um, Learning days. Yeah, Learning I'm days. pretty confident we're going to see a um, couple blast off the mark this week and uh, and give us something to update on the leaderboard. Uh, thanks to our producer, as always, Jen. She does an amazing job cutting this down from six hours to an hour and a half, two hours. So uh, thank you, as always, Jen. And until next week on The 1-1. One, one.